Okay, so if you have your Bibles, um, open up to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 8. That's where we're going to be today, 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Uh, I have zero notes for this, and I'll explain to you why in just a minute. Um, because how many of you were basically in Pass Point? Now, I understand we had this conversation a little bit ago. You may not have been here that week because, you know, it's like a, it, it, every week's different. But when we talked through the book of Romans, and specifically Romans chapter 14, right? And so Romans chapter 14 uh, talks about somebody, does anybody just off the top of their head know what Romans 14 is discussing? Huh? What? I thought you said something. What? <laughs> Uh, it's, it's basically our liberty in Christ, and he talks about how we have liberty. And so uh, when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 8, it is basically, it's not really, I wouldn't call it a parallel passage, uh, mostly because I don't completely know what that means, but it sounds cool. Um, not really, but uh, it's not the exact same thing, but it's a good example of what Romans chapter 14 is talking about. And so that wasn't very long ago when we went through there. And so I don't want, I, I actually was going through it and I'm like, okay, well, I can just go back and get some of my notes. And I'm like, well, that's dumb to reteach something that I've already taught, you know, and most people have already heard. And so instead, I want to go about this a little bit differently. Uh, and I want to make sure that maybe you guys actually learned something when we uh, went through that. And so there might need to be a little bit of interaction uh, on what we're talking about here. And so basically, uh, in 1 Corinthians, we understand that it's a letter from Paul to the church at Corinth. Uh, they, he had basically started the church, uh, established it, uh, and went on about his way because he was kind of like a missionary uh, church planter guy, right? And so he would set these things up and he'd move on. Well, somewhere along the lines, after he had established this and it was going, uh, he gets word that things were not really exactly godly going on in the first corinthians church right and i know shocker that you know we would have a church uh, that isn't doing things completely godly so anyway he writes them a letter it's basically a rebuke and that's what we went through the entire way through the book you've heard that from me like every week so if you don't know that i don't know where you've been anyway you get to chapter seven and for three chapters he's like okay i you asked me some questions and so before i could answer my questions you know i had six chapters worth of what in the world are you doing right have you ever had an issue like something come up with your kids and it's just like uh, we'll get to what you need here in a minute what were you thinking right whenever you get to like wherever you're going with with what you're doing and so anyway so he he gives them everything he wants to give them in in six chapters he's like okay gets to chapter seven he's like okay so now concerning some of the things that you wrote unto me that you asked me about and so the first thing was uh, several things about marriage and so we looked at that for several weeks in chapter seven and then we get to chapter eight and he's answering a different question and then he goes on in chapter nine to answer some more questions and then after that he's like oh yeah there's a few other things that i wanted to say as well to you know kind of get you guys on the right track the book breaks down very very easily because the first six chapters are basically an openly an open rebuke over several different things that they were doing uh seven eight and nine he's just answering questions that they had asked him and then from 10 on he's like okay i've rebuked you you know hopefully you took it well i answered your questions now here's some edification and some things that maybe you can leave with he doesn't start with the edification or start with the questions and leave them with the rebuke nobody wants to like leave with the rebuke anytime you, you know, in child training i know all of you were there when we taught child training not very long ago uh, not really because everybody was busy but anyway uh when, when we train our children you know, obviously there has to be correction, there has to be consequence, but what do we always want to leave them with? Some sort of edification, some sort of instruction, right? 
uh, you know, the, the, the verse says instruction in righteousness, you know, and so I don't want to just rebuke my kids, especially when they're little, and then say, now on about your way. There needs to be some sort of uh, loving affirmation, you know, to grow from moving forward. And so that's the same type of thing that Paul's doing and he's using in, in 1 Corinthians is he's like, okay, this was messed up. I'll answer your questions. Now here's some things moving forward. And there's actually some really cool things, some really deep things in the, the last part of 1 Corinthians. And so we'll take our time getting through those things. But anyway, I say all that to say uh, he's answering questions in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. And so let me just read through this to kind of get your mind where it needs to go because you're going to be like, what in the world does this have to do with me? Well, we'll talk about it. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 8, he says, Now as touching things offered unto idols, we know... That we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. Now, everybody knows that verse, but they don't know what the verse is referencing. But anyway, uh, and if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing, yet as he ought to know. Now, that's the one we ought to memorize, but, you know, instead we don't. Uh, if you think you know something, guess what? You probably don't know nothing. That's what he's basically saying. Verse 3, but if any man love God, the same is known of him. As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world. And that there is none other God but one. For though there be, that are called gods, little g, uh, whether in heaven or in earth, as uh, there be gods many and lords many, but unto us there is but one God, the Father, of whom we uh, are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, but by whom are all things, and we love, uh, and we by him. Holy smokes, I can't read today. Verse 7, how be it? There is not in every man that knowledge. Not everybody knows what you know. For some with conscience, uh, for some with conscience of the idol, and to this hour eat it as a thing offered unto an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. But meat commendeth us not to God. For neither if we eat are we better, neither if we eat not are we worse. But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if any man see uh, thee which hast knowledge sit at meat in the idol's temple, Shall not the uh, conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered idols? And though thy knowledge shall, uh, and through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. But when ye sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat make my brother offended, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest uh, I make my brother to offend. What? Okay, so first off, I know what you're thinking. Uh, we don't have any idols temples around here, so I don't think I'm really that concerned about uh, eating the meat that was offered in the idols temple. Move on to the next chapter. Okay, well, the funny thing is about the Bible, um, there's a lot of things that you can take very doctrinally, very like much so this is exactly what it's talking about. Okay, but there are a lot of passages that uh, reference a lot of other things, and he's talking about our liberty in Christ. So somebody just explain to me very quickly, because everybody in here, for the most part, I don't want to say everybody, but for the most part, uh, we've been through D1. There's an entire lesson on the liberty in Christ. Somebody just in a couple brief sentences explain to me what liberty in Christ is. Freedom to do whatever you want. No, <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... Basically, you have liberty now to do anything that you want, but not what Romans says, what shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Okay, so yes, we have, we're not bound by what the world wants to say. Oh, I don't go to church because I don't want to live by all those rules that you guys live by. Uh, I don't really live by any rules. Uh, I choose to live a holy lifestyle, um, but that's because it, honestly, it's just better for my life. 
You know, it's kind of like, uh, it, which I, I never really smoked, but uh, it's kind of like smoking. You know, a lot of people, they quit smoking because it's like, well, I just realized that it really wasn't that good for me. Well, I, I quit doing some of the stupid things that I was doing because it really wasn't that good for me. You know, and I kind of want to live for a few years. And so the same type of thing goes on with, like, my decision to follow Christ. Now, I, I follow Christ because I desire to. Obviously, he's done everything for me, but it's more because... I. I don't live by all these rules and regulations that people think I need to live by. I can do whatever I want. Now, the thing is, I generally just want to serve Christ because it benefits me in the long run. The way I always think of it is uh, when the Navy ports somewhere, what do they do? They go to Liberty. So they go out in town, they can operate however they want to, but how it represents the Navy and what happens when they get back on the ship it is a whole different story. So they have the freedom to go do whatever they want in the town. But when they come back, they're, they're going to get judged for it. Right. Well, the, the, verse, the verse that I always go to, and I feel like Aaron preaches at me, is the, oh, it's fine, I need it. Is <laughs> the, all things are expedient. Is all things are lawful, are expedient. Right. It's like, you can do whatever, but is it going to bite you in the focus afterwards? That's exactly what Romans 14 talks about. Everything is lawful. The law doesn't say that you can't do this, this, and this. It really doesn't. Now, there are certain things the law says you can't do, and you probably ought not do those things. You know, there's a reason that we, we have laws. But, uh, but is it the wisest thing you can do? Is it going to give everybody the most glory? And if you go back to Romans 14, the biggest issue with this whole thing is, is it going to cause a brother to stumble? Just because you are grown up enough in Christ to uh, do things that aren't going to make your walk stumble, does that mean you want to do it in front of everybody else, Right? Uh, and so, like, whatever it is. So, uh, say that I have liberty to, you know, listen to rock and roll because, you know, I've got tired of listening to K-Love and the same five songs that they play over and over again or whatever. I don't know. I haven't listened to it in so long, I really couldn't tell you. But there was a time in my life that I really just only listened to uh, Christian-type uh, music because that's what I needed. We actually had this conversation at work the other day, and there was a song that came on, and, and, and Tyler was like, I don't even know this song. And he's like, oh, it makes sense. It's from that you know, few year time frame where it's like I didn't listen to anything other than, and it's just that's that's just what happens. But as you grow, it's not that you grow away from Christ, but uh, you grow in knowledge. And instead of needing it just constantly like pounded into you, I honestly would listen to a lot of that stuff if the DJs never talked. But you know, that's a completely different story, and we'll talk about that a different day. But anyway, the the point is, you don't want to cause somebody else to stumble. Just because you've grown a little bit doesn't mean that like when we come out to have a church work day. Uh, then I'm going to, you know, be blasting, you know, my playlist or whatever. I don't know, whatever. We, we listen to something different every day, you know. So, but you know, the point is, you know, you, just because you've grown a little bit doesn't mean that those around you have or they've grown. And we talked about a lot of different things when we were in Romans 14, so I don't want to get too in-depth with those things. And we'll give some examples here in a minute. But understand that in the time that they are living, there's still a lot of... Uh, idol worship going on, right? A lot of idol worship. And so when they worship these idols, they would sacrifice uh, meat unto them. They would sacrifice food, meaning they would bring like, you know, read the Old Testament when they were, even when they were sacrificing God, they'd bring entire cows and slay them on the altar. Well, you can't eat those things. But, you know, at the same time, there's some monetary benefit to these things because it's like, okay, so we've sacrificed it. I can't touch it. But if you're willing to give me a little bit of money for it, you know, I can sell it to you at a discounted rate. Or even yet, like, I'm just going to throw it out and, you know, just pad my pocket a little bit. And so that's kind of what was going on here. Now, this isn't sacrifices unto God. These are sacrifices unto other things. But they're sacrificing uh, live sacrifices. And basically, 
they are saying, well, I can't eat it because, you know, that would defile my little G God. You know, but if you wanted to come and have some of it, I'll, you know, half price burger night, you know, over here at the temple. And so if you want to come over and, uh, you know, we can do this. Okay, so the, the issue is, pretty sure they're laughing. The, the issue is a lot of these people who are new converts to Christianity, they followed these other gods. Because that's what they did. If you go to India today, there's a lot of people who follow Jesus, but they just don't know any better, and they follow all these other gods still. Because it's just like, I'll just, it's another feather in my hat. And so when they get saved, and they realize that, okay, I don't have to, to follow anything other than Christ, there's still some hang-ups in their life. Uh, I've used this example before. I got saved, and this was a long time ago. This wasn't like last weekend. Uh, it was a 2008. And if you come to the marriage thing, I'll give you the long version of our testimony and all the gory details. But anyway, uh, funny story looking back. wasn't so funny at the time, but I get saved in uh, spring of 2008. And I know that God has changed my life radically. And, you know, I'm a new person. But there are a lot of things that I just didn't know any better. I knew nothing about this book whatsoever. And so uh, I didn't think anything of it on the Saturday night before Easter uh, to go and have a really good time and drink way too much. Because at that time, alcohol was like the least of my problems. I had other things that God was working me over on. Now, did it all of a sudden occur to me as I roll into church hungover on Sunday morning on Easter that it's like, this probably wasn't the wisest thing that I could do, right? And so it was over time that God was like, hey, um, maybe you ought not have done that, you know? And, and it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I lost my salvation because of it. That's how God grows you. We take care of the priorities first and then we grow in sanctification, right? And then... Crazy thing, like as you grow in sanctification, you realize that some of the things that God said have to like completely go from your life. Once you like mature a little bit, you can allow small doses of those things back in. Because why? Because we're not like legalist and we're not saying that you can't do certain things. Now, there are certain areas in the Bible that says you can't do that. But there's a lot of areas where it's like, hey, this is okay as long as you do it correctly. Okay. And so the, the whole point is like just because you don't know any better doesn't mean that it's still not wrong. Okay, so as you're growing, you have this liberty. And so they're, they're sacrificing these to this meat, and they're like, okay, well, we need to get rid of it. And so these people get saved, and they, they come into uh, the temple, and they're like, hey, you know, it's, it's discount burger night over at the you know, Baal temple over there. I don't know what they were, who they were sacrificing to. It doesn't say. But it's like, hey, let's go get some of that. And, you know, the new Christian who got saved two weeks ago, he's like, man, I was, I was worshiping him two weeks ago. I don't really know that, like, I understand that I, I probably could do that, but it's going to make me feel really weird to, to, to go and eat that. And so, like, but I mean, I guess if you're saying it's okay, it's okay. And then you go and it would be similar to uh, somebody who has liberty to uh, drink alcohol in small amounts, uh, getting together with somebody who is recovering from being an alcoholic. And they're like, it's, it's fine, man. You have liberty. Well, guess what? What your liberty says a little bit is okay uh, pushes them over the top very quickly, right? And so it's just a, an example of a real-world uh, analogy, okay? So that's kind of what's going on and what's happening, just to kind of set the scene of what they're talking about, food sacrifice to idols, what's have to do with me? Okay, so he says in verse 1, Now as touching things offered unto idols, we know, he says we, meaning I'm talking to you, the church, the Christians, the saved people, we know... Uh, that we have, we all have knowledge. We already all understand. Go back to Romans. You've read my, my epistle. You know what I said. We have liberty, right? And if any man, or I'm sorry, we all have knowledge. Knowledge puff it up, but charity edify it. And what does that mean? When you read that verse, what does that mean? 
it's good to learn things. It really is. It's good to take D2. It's good to get into D1. It's good to take classes in HBI. It's good to graduate from HBI. Uh, but what he's saying, and it's kind of a slight unto them. Most people don't see it that way, but it's kind of a slight. He's like, knowledge puffeth up, meaning you can learn and learn and learn all you want. If you're not going to live it out, you don't look good, right? You can learn all you want. If you're not going to act on what you quote-unquote know, I don't think you know anything, is basically what he's trying to say. Uh, You can tell me what the book says. If you're not going to show me what the book says, I don't care. Right? That's one of the main talk about this marriage thing coming up. My uh, biggest fears for this thing. I had a guy text me this week. It was really odd because this doesn't usually happen. And he was just like, hey, uh, God had you on my heart. Can I pray for you this week? And I was just like, for one, I was like dumbfounded because nobody ever texts me like things like that. They just assume that, you know, we're holy, godly people, so we don't need prayer. And, you know, I don't, I don't mean that as a slight to anybody. It was just like, it caught me off guard. And I was just like, whoa. And so I wanted to give like a real answer. And in typical me, I was like, let me think about it for a while. And then I forgot about it because that's what I do because I get busy. And two days later goes by and I'm like, oh yeah, I, I'm not ignoring you. Uh, if you want to pray, uh, pray for this marriage thing coming up because I'm terrified. Not because of the things that I need to say. I'm terrified because I know how Satan is. Satan's a punk. And he will take what I know God means for good and he'll be like, yeah, teach about marriage while you and your spouse can't even look at each other because you've got some huge thing going on. Or, you know, it just you just put a huge target on your back. And I've been praying for y'all that are signed up because it's like, I understand how that goes. You sign up because you want God to do something in your marriage, and the next thing you know, you're going to come, and you're going to be all fuming mad at each other, walking in with your arms all crossed, and be like, yep, I already know how this goes. You know, not hearing anything, because that's how Satan is. He's a punk. And so I've just been praying that, you know, if nothing else, God just grows us through it. And so anyway, uh, you have to just understand like who you're dealing with, what you're dealing with. And so he says, uh, if, any man, uh, if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing, as yet he ought to know. You might know a lot about one subject, a lot about one thing, uh, but you don't know what you think you need to know. You might know that you know, you're not supposed to eat this meat of these idols, or you might know that it's okay for you to eat the meat of the idols, but do you understand what it could do to other people when you do this? He's just kind of clarifying some things. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. That ties into the verses before. People take that one verse and they're like, oh, yeah, if, if I love God, I'm going to look like I love God. No, what he's saying is if you're going to love God and you're going to learn God and you're going to take all these, these classes and know all this stuff and show up at 9 o'clock and be here at 10 o'clock and, you know, all the, if any man love God enough to do those things, he's gonna, God's going to be known of him. You're going to live it out. You're actually going to, you know, put feet to the things that... You think you know, you think you say, and we say, hey, we need to be a part of this, we need to be a part of that, we got to be involved, and it's like, oh yeah, but I, I don't have time. That's interesting, right? And so anyway, that's what he's saying. If, it, if any man love God, the same is known of him. Verse 4, he's like, okay, back to the question. I had to put my two cents in there, because that's what Paul does. He's like, hey, you asked, so I'm going to tell you. Verse 4, but, or I'm sorry, as concerning things... As concerning, therefore, the eating of uh, those things that are offered and sacrificed into the idols. So this is your question. As concerning the things that, that was offered to them, we know that an idol is nothing in the world. And that there is none other than God. There's none other God but one. It's like, first off, if you're asking me about the, the food offered unto these idols, here's the first thing you need to understand. Basically, they just wasted a bunch of good meat. <laughs> because 
if you're going to offer any sacrifice to anything, if it wasn't offered to me, it was done in vain. So the first thing you need to understand was they're wasting their time. And it did them no good whatsoever. And so basically, they took what was really good, uh, you know, KC strip steaks, you know, fillets, and they were just like, I'm going to offer them to, you know, whatever. And he's just like, whatever. But it, it was a waste of time. And it's all done in vain. Meaning all the worship that they provide to their quote-unquote God is going to get them nowhere in eternity. Now, think about that in modern-day quote-unquote Christianity. There's a lot of people that go to a lot of big, fancy churches that have multiple services. And they're offering a lot of worship to something that ain't going to get them nowhere. Right? And now you're like, oh, wait a minute. Now, I'm not talking about here, although I do think that there's people who roll into HBF every week. And I don't think anybody in particular, but I just think that's what happens. And American Christianity is we get caught up in the thing that we ought to do, and there's no worship involved. And so anyway, you know, we're talking about idols here. That's the first one is, you know, religion becomes a huge idol in America. Huge. You know, there was, I remember a time we were young in the Lord and we were out uh, witnessing, you know, the things that, you know, we used to do when we were young in the Lord. We were going door to door and I was with, uh, I was with Roger Heath and we were knocking on doors and um, we were inviting people to something like we always do. And this lady opens up her door. The only thing she can get out of her mouth is, I'm Catholic, and slams the door. <laughs> I wanted to be like, I, that's why I'm here. <laughs> anyway, we get so caught up in our religion, and I'm not, I don't take that wrong if somebody's listening online, there's Catholic people that are saved. But there are a lot of them that are lost too. Right? Careful with your religion. But anyway, he's like, okay, so the first thing you need to know is that there's none other God but one. So if it's not offered to me, obviously it's not off limits. But... He goes on to say, For though there uh, be that are called gods, little g, whether in heaven or in earth, as there are gods, many, and lords, many, but to us there is but one God, capital G, the Father, capital F, to whom uh, are all things, and we in him, and, uh, and one Lord, Je- uh, Lord Jesus Christ, by whom all things, uh, and we by him. Okay, so he says all that. He's like, okay, if you want to talk about the food that is a sacrifice to these idols, the first thing you need to know is it was done in vain because the only God there is is our God, the Creator God, the God who saves your soul. So the first thing you need to understand is it was all done in vain. So does that mean that the meat is fine to eat? Probably. He's just clarifying. Like if it wasn't done to the God, then it doesn't matter. Right? We understand that. He said that from the beginning. We understand these things. Okay, so like I get it. Now he clarifies here. How be it? Verse 7. Now, those of us who have taken some classes, who know some things about the Bible, and uh, here's what you need to understand. How be it? There is not in every man that knowledge. Just because you took a class and understood something doesn't mean that everybody else has. Uh, I'm teaching through uh, Genesis, the first part of Genesis, the first 11 chapters in HBI right now. And uh, if anybody, any of you have ever went through like D2 uh, when I teach it, or really any class in HBI or anything, uh, my wife comes with me every time I teach anything. And it's just basically to support me, um, to be there. Uh, I just, I, I feel more comfortable to teach when my wife is there. And, you know, there, I can only count maybe on one hand the times that Paige hasn't been around when I was teaching for whatever reason. You know, and it's not because she wants free HBI classes. I don't care. I'll pay for them, whatever. Um, you know, I feel like we're one flesh, so I don't really think I should have to do that. But anyway, I say all that to say I was teaching through uh, Genesis chapter 1. 
And not, when I say teaching through, I'm not like rolling through. It took three weeks, three hour and a half classes to get through, and we were going like hyper supersonic speed. And we still took three weeks to get through because there's a lot of stuff there. And I remember at one point I went back and I'm like, hey, because she didn't go through HBI with me. You know, she stayed at home by the stuff, as the Bible would say. She took care of the kids. You know, she took care of the responsibilities that I was lacking on because I was submitting to what God had told me to do. So anyway, I said, I'm like, is there anything that like I've taught that is new to you? Because it, it occurred to me at one point, I'm like, she hasn't like heard some of this. Because some of the stuff in Genesis 1, you know, we don't get up and preach on Sunday morning. Because you'd be like... What is he like? Is that Chinese? Like, what? What are you talking about? And so, anyway, like, once you study it out and you spend a lot of time, you, it all kind of makes really good sense. But you know, I'm not going to come up here and be like, "Hey, so explain the gap to me." You know, you know, explain to me what happened there. How long was it? You know, okay, and how exactly did God create the world in six days? You know, are they, are they six literal days? Or are they six thousand year days? You know, is, is it hyperbole or like? There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Okay, so anyway, I say all that to say, I'm not going to get done, but I say all that to say, uh, I asked Paige, because it just occurred to me, I'm like, she didn't go through some of these classes, but yet I feel like, I honestly feel this way, I'm not saying this to like flatter my wife, that she is leaps and bounds smarter than I am. I could never teach our kids some of the things that she taught them. Now, I understand that there's books that help with, I just couldn't. I just feel like my wife is like far more intellectual than I am. But I was like, hey, she hasn't taken, I, I, I just wondered. Because I'm like, is this just something that I would be in the dark of if I hadn't taken these classes? And she's like, no, there's, like, I had no idea. Like, some of that stuff, when it's talking about, you know, the deep, uh, I honestly still thought it was talking about the sea, as most people would. And I'm just like, yeah, I, I would have too. And it's like, huh, that's my bad. It was actually a rebuke on myself. I'm like, yeah, I, sometimes you just shouldn't ask the question because then it's like, oh, yeah. The answer to the question would have been like, I would have known if you would have told me, you know, but she didn't say that, you know, you know, it's your job, wash your you know, wife by the water of the word, you know, if you're learning something, maybe let me in on it and, you know, just saying, because that's what he's saying here is like, hey, not everybody has the knowledge that you have, you know, not everybody has Bible teaching churches, you know, they have churches, but you know, your neighbor goes to the one down the street that, you know, they don't even open the Bible. Just because they go to church don't mean nothing. They don't have the knowledge you have. So what I'm saying is even in the closest relationships in your life, if you don't tell people what's going on, the things that you've learned, and I'm like, yeah, that's my bad. Because like it really opened up some things with me in Genesis when I realized that, hey, how's he talking about the deep in the first couple verses when he doesn't create the sea till like day four or five, whatever it is. I'm, I'm a teacher. I should know that. I'm just, it's just rolling off the top of my brain right now. But like, oh, Wow. You know, and so that's what I'm saying. That's just one thing. I'm sure there were other things, but it would only it, one thing was enough for me to be like, oh yeah, I probably should have you know let her in on some of those things. And so, anyway, the what? I was gonna say we also fly spaceships. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the the point is like not everybody knows the things that you know. He's like, yeah, obviously you know that. The food's fine to eat. Go get it. It's half price. Like, if if they were having half price night up a branding iron. I would be amiss if I didn't text y'all and be like, hey, y'all, it's half price night. Get up there. It's good stuff. Like, uh, they're, they're claiming that it was offered to something. I don't know. Whatever. I'm telling you, it was on the smoker and it's good. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying. I almost, <laughs> never mind, doesn't matter. I almost went way out of my way last night just to have branding iron because I wanted it. And then I finally talked myself out of it. I'm like, okay, that's really not smart. Plus, I'll be walking in about the time they close. They never like that. And so, anyway. Nothing to do with anything. The point is, like, 
just because you know something, just because you've been enlightened on something, um, doesn't mean that everybody else does. Just because you understand the basics. Now, let's get back to the point, and we'll wrap it up, and we'll finish up next week. Just because you understand that you have liberty in something. You know, just be... Okay, so I'll use an example now. We're far enough away. We were, like, just on the heels of COVID. Like, everybody wearing masks. Everybody's pissed off at it. Mad at everybody. Sorry, I shouldn't say Everybody's mad at everybody because you're getting a shot or you're not getting a shot. And I'm like, okay. So I had to be... I I referenced this when I taught through Romans 14. Because it was like the main issue at the time. And everybody was divided about it. So I referenced it. We're far enough away. I'm still not... I'll just tell you. Like, isn't it crazy that the people who got it and the people who didn't all still got it? Like the, 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 the COVID thing, right? Isn't it crazy? Like, is there anybody in here, just curious, that didn't have COVID at some point? Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. yeah didn't, didn't, didn't get it at some point. I never had it. I probably yeah. had it, but yeah. I didn't know I had yeah. it. Yeah, no, I... Oh, yeah. Yeah, early, early on, I had it right about a year ago. It was, it was right before Halloween. And it was, it was back when it was like for real, and it, it knocked me, like, it knocked me out for a week. It was crazy. Like, I thought that this thing was a joke, and I'm telling you, it was real enough to, like, to knock me out, and, you know, I can't sit still for more than about 20 minutes before I'm like, okay, let's go do something else. Um, but I say all that to say, I still wasn't, like, encouraged to go have somebody stick something to my body that I hadn't seen proved out for several years. I still, like, it's been long enough now that, like, if the thing was to come back around and they were like, hey, you got to have this, I'd probably let somebody shoot me with it. Because it's like, okay, it hasn't, like, killed anybody, and there hasn't been enough side effects. I, um, I probably wouldn't, but anyway, <laughs> it's just me. But anyway, like, I feel like there's at least a little bit of time. Yeah. So the, the whole point here is, like, we have liberty to do whatever. But yet we get so dogmatic, and we get so... Who remembers the phrase that I used when we talked through Romans 14? Which one? Yeah. Well, it, there was, there's one because I use it all the time. Yes. Don't, don't make your conviction somebody else's doctrine. Right? And I'll, I'll leave you with that and we'll wrap this up next week. But you have to be careful and we have to be careful when we take our personal convictions. Oh my gosh, you can't do that. Well, where in the Bible does it say I can't do that? Oh my gosh, you can't do that. Where the, I'm, I'm reading a book right now and I don't read very many books. I really am. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, other than the Bible, I really don't. Uh, and you're going to hear a lot about it if you come to the marriage thing. It's a it's a book all about, uh, let's just call it intimacy. I'll call it something different at the marriage class. But uh, there's a lot of times that we have these preconceived ideas that we're like, you can't do that. Where exactly in the Bible does it say you can't do that? Uh, and so like the, the whole point is don't make your convictions somebody else's doctrine. If you're convicted about it, that's fine. I'm not going to defile your conscience. But it doesn't mean that you're going to tell me that I can't. And it doesn't mean that, like, so be careful as we go through these things. And I'll finish it up next week. Don't make your convictions, the things that defile your conscience, somebody else's doctrine. You know, just because you're saying that I can't go another day without getting, you know, the, the shot, that's fine. But it doesn't mean that I have to. You know, and look, we're both still alive, right? And we both made it. And the whole point is, like, be careful. With anything like that, we could go a million different directions. We could talk about alcohol. We could talk about um, music. We could. There's a ton of things we could talk about in this sense, huh? Vaccination. Yes. The point is, don't make your conviction somebody else's doctrine, and don't make somebody else stumble because you got liberty. Well, I can do whatever the heck I want. 
okay, well, guess what? You just made you know your brother who just got saved a year ago uh, fall on his face. Good job. I was gonna say, I, the way I was thinking about it is we should always be willing to sacrifice our liberty for the sake of others. Yes. That's how the chapter ends up, but we'll wrap up there next week because that's we didn't get done. So uh, He basically just calls everybody out at the end of the chapter, and he's like, okay, so just because you thought you had liberty, uh, you're making yourself look like a fool. So anyway, let's pray. We'll get out of here. Sorry I wanted to get done, but we spent a lot of time at the front end. Father, I love you. Thank you for today. Lord, I do thank you for the liberty that you give us. Uh, Lord, if it wasn't for salvation through you, we would be uh, all men most miserable, headed for uh, eternity in the lake of fire. But you've given us purpose. You've given us life. uh, And you've called us out of those things. And so I do pray that the things that do convict us and, and make us feel like we're, we're doing something we ought not or we feel like we're separate, then we would just leave those things behind. But Lord, just because we have liberty to do things doesn't mean that we should um, cause others to, to stumble because they're struggling with it. And so Lord, I pray that uh, as we jump back into uh, this next week that you know, we would meditate on it a little bit this week, the things that uh, maybe in our life that we are uh, you know, have liberty to do that we might be hurting other people through or uh, maybe areas that we need to grow in, Lord, and understand that just because it's a mindset that we have doesn't mean that it's ungodly. And so, uh, Lord, I do just pray that uh, these things would just be settled in our heart, that you would get all the glory in the first place because that's what it's all about. And so whether we uh, eat or drink or whatsoever we do, or we don't eat or we don't drink or whatsoever we do, that you would get the glory for it, for the, the motives behind what we do. And so, God, I, pre- I pray that you would... Uh, just uh, uh, just preach to us this morning uh, in, in main service that you'd get the glory. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would uh, give us boldness this week to maybe step out and ask somebody uh, if they would be willing to uh, just sacrifice some nights uh, and hear about what you have for their marriage, Lord, and, and that you would use us for personal uh, just testimony in those things. And so, uh, God, I pray for those things. I pray for our marriages as we uh, step closer to this, that you would keep the adversary out of it. Uh, that you would just uh, allow us to be the picture of Christ in the church that you called us to be. So I pray this all in Christ's name. Amen.